Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. This podcast hosts the weekly Sunday service message from Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York, pastored by Chris and Joan Wood. We hope this resource encourages, challenges, and helps you in your journey with God. So whether you're driving, washing dishes, or sitting in your living room, let's prepare our hearts together as we hear the word of the Lord. Oh. I'm excited to continue this series on joy. I wasn't excited when she first told me. I don't like public speaking, but um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he's sneaky. Jehovah's sneaky. Um, I've only ever preached at the Open Door Mission, um, and typically half the congregation is high, so <laughs> it really doesn't matter what I say. Amen, brother. <laughs> you know, but, but what I love about preaching there is men and women, when they're, in that, when they're there, they recognize a lifeline. When you throw that lifeline in the water, and the church will sit there and analyze it and will say, is that real? Is that going to hold me? Is that going to support me if I pull on that? Maybe I'll just stay here. But they grab on and they say, I need Jesus. So, First um, Peter chapter 1 is written, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Nineteen years ago, I was 15 years old. My mom asked me to go with her to my uncle's home fellowship. Who here remembers when small groups were called home fellowship? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my mom's actually here right now. Mom, can you wave? And my dad? They've never been here before, so it's exciting that they're here. Um, and she was just telling me that, that as they were um, pulling off the 332 onto West Ave, uh, a cop pulled, pulled them over. They, they went right on a red. Uh, on a <laughs> they figured you have to say, yeah, they, they didn't want them. Anyways, the cop pulls him over, and they said, well, we're going to church. He says, what church are you going to? They say, Zion. He says, I grew up in Zion. <laughs> it was, and they invited him to church. He said he works on Sundays, so he couldn't come. But uh, no ticket. Thank you for Danny. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> so, you know, I'd grown up in church, and, but I... And I believe, always believed in Jesus. I had amazing examples of parents that loved them. You know, sing these songs this morning. I can remember, when we're, while we were singing them, I, I remember being in my dad's arms as he sang those songs in church. It's so good. Such a rich history when you have parents that love the Lord and bring you in. But at, but at 15 years old, I was, I was not enthusiastic to be in church. <laughs> and, I, and I did not want to go to home fellowship. Um, but, you know, oh, I guess I wanted to say is that, that there's such a big difference between knowing about the Lord, growing up knowing about Him, knowing the words, the songs, and experiencing Him yourself. You can know so much at 15, <laughs> and your heart can be cold. <laughs> and he wants, he wants more than belief. He wants more than knowledge. He wants everything. So, um, leading up to that, that Sunday when my mom asked me to go with her, one, one morning the same uncle 
was my, who was my Sunday school teacher and a Holy Ghost-filled Sunday school teacher, which is a blessing. And, and he stopped me in the hallway before Sunday school and said, I've got a word from the Lord for you. And I was excited. I was like, yeah, a word for me. God knows I'm alive. And, and, uh, and, he, and the word he gives me is clean out your closet. <laughs> Has anyone ever gotten a word like that before? <laughs> it's not the one you want. It's not the, wow, you are such a devoted man of God. You will do great things for the Lord. Now clean out your closet, Philip. <laughs> And I said, wait, I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was defensive. I was uh, not a respectful young man. And I said, you know, I defensively asked him to explain his reasoning because I was not looking at porn and I was not drinking and I was not doing drugs. So clearly, what could be in my closet to clean out if it's not those three? So, and uh, he, did, he said, I don't know. I don't know. It's not my business. He said, that's just what he told me to tell you and left it at that. And the Holy Spirit started his work and started to convict me. And, and it was, it's, some of you might laugh at what it was, it's, I guess not funny, but it's just, for, for me it was personal, and he was asking me to lay down classic rock music. I had started to form an identity around it, I was downloading every day after school on Napster, and then burning CDs, and, and uh, wearing the band t-shirts, and it, was, it had a bit of a hold on my heart that I didn't really realize, but the Holy Spirit started to convict me of that. And... One day, I was in my room. I said, okay, I, I don't want to keep anything between us. And I took all those CDs. I took my T-shirts, except for one. I, I took all my stuff. I threw it in the trash. And I took the other one. The one T-shirt I took and I sold on eBay. I made some money back. <laughs> and so I got rid of all of that. And then, you know, so the, so the Lord's in this, it's, there's this process that's happening in my heart. And so when my mom asked me to go with her, instead of saying no, I said, yes, I'll come with you. And I go to my uncle's home fellowship, and I sit in the back of the room, and I don't remember what we talked about, um, but at the end of it, he puts a chair in the middle of the room and asks if anyone wants prayer. And no one, no one raised their hands, no one moved, and gave us good, at least, what felt like at least a couple of awkward minutes, and as he was, puts his hand on the chair to pull it away, my hand went up. And how, how many of you remember when you first put your hand up, when you first came down to the altar? Never the same again. Never the same again. I don't know what happened when they prayed for me. I didn't speak in tongues. I don't know, but I felt, I felt a little bit of electricity. But you know what? When I got up from that chair... Everything was changed. All I want to do is serve him. To this day, all I want to do is serve him. You need to experience Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us in the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Ah, taste and see that the Lord is good. We need more than knowledge today. We need to taste of him and see that he is good. Amen. So last week, um, Joan shared 
about, the, about joy. And she shared what the first definition of joy, which is rejoice. And it was, it was Mary's, Mary's revelation, you know, when, when, she, when the angel said rejoice. And then in the, a few verses later, she sings out that song. And a few weeks before when she had asked me to share on joy, I woke up one, one morning and I had the song in my head, It Is Well With My Soul. And how many know the story behind It Is Well With My Soul? Come on, the early morning service, there was more than that. <laughs> so I was, I was like, wow. And I was so impressed. I told my wife, have you ever heard the story of Horatio Spafford, no, I said, have you ever heard the story of It Is Well With My Soul? She's like, oh yeah, Horatio Spafford. I'm like, how do you know Horatio Spafford? <laughs> have a name like that, how do you remember that? <laughs> so everyone knows Horatio Spafford, and it's an it's a <laughs> incredibly tragic story. He's, uh, his business gets destroyed by the Chicago fire, this is 1871, and his son dies. And then he's, he's going to speak with D.L. Moody in England on his evangelistic missions there. And he sends his wife and four daughters ahead of him on a ship. And on the way across the Atlantic Ocean, that ship crashes into another vessel, and his four daughters die. And, and so he's crossing the ocean to, see, to meet with his grieving wife, and as he's passing by near that spot where the ship went down, he writes the words, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How could a man experience such loss declare it is well? So I also looked up the definition of joy, and I was incredibly surprised to find that another definition of joy, of kairos, is a New Testament word for joy, is to be well. To be well, to thrive. And, I was th and then I was thinking, oh, that's, that's what James 1 is all about. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you experience, when you meet trials of various kinds. And did you ever read that and think, you know, why? That's not the Sunday school joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> and it, it doesn't make sense to have that kind of joy in trials of, when you think about what trials can come your way. But when you think to be well, that's a different type of joy. That you can go through anything in life with that kind of joy on the inside of you. So, and, and when we partake of that joy, that, that that kind of joy. We can, we can stand and say, when sea billows roll, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And in so saying, we can partake in that inexpressible joy that comes from a heart surrendered and eyes on the true north, on fixed on Jesus Christ. We can partake in that. The only way to walk and live is with our eyes fixed on him. So in Acts 3, 19, where it says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
When was the last time you experienced the refreshing presence of the Lord? When did you last taste of him and feel that joy of the Lord well up inside of you? You can come here every Sunday. You can sing. You can walk with the Lord, but not walk in that joy. He's looking for our whole heart. He's looking for everything. Chris shared in October about the the value of worship, and he spoke about Mary pouring out the oil on Jesus. You guys remember that? And at the time, everyone, he's, he's, Chris said, like, everyone was asking, like, why this waste? When she, Mary poured out that oil, she held nothing back. It was a picture of worship. When you worship the king, don't hold anything back. I think so many of us, especially in church like this, it's unavoidable in church like this, to feel that tug of the Holy Spirit whether it be an altar call, whether it be raising your hands in worship, whether it be dancing, whether it be picking up a flag for the Lord. When he moves on your heart, never be a fool and resist that tug. It's amazing how, how your mind will, will try to keep you there. You'll be, I remember just, I remember I grew up in a charismatic church just like this, and I wouldn't raise my hands. And I wouldn't come to the altar Everyone's watching me, of course. <laughs> and you, and you, 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 just, you just play it cool. And, and, and then he starts working your heart, on your heart. And the first time you, you lift your hand to worship, you, everyone's eyes are on you, of course, but you know, no one cares about you. But you, you, you think that. But like, as you do that, as you step out of your comfort zone, as you make steps towards him, he, oh, does he meet you? Oh, does he meet you? The one thing I love about that, that passage, Jesus was, t- you know, when, when Mary's breaking that oil in, in the house of Simon the Pharisee, and, and he says to Simon the Pharisee, he says, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. I don't want to be someone that loves little. And I grew up in the church, and so it was, it was hard when you'd hear all these testimonies of people that came out of addiction and came out of different lifestyles, and they had these amazing testimonies of what the Lord had done in their life. And my testimony is my, my dad held me and sang worship songs during church on Sunday mornings. <laughs> and... and <laughs> My, my grace rebellion was listening to classic rock music. Um, so we forget. Some of us have been here for years, and we forget how much he has forgiven and how he has transformed our life and what we would be nothing without him. We would be lost without him. We'd live a life without hope without him. He'd become calloused. And we need to remind ourselves, because I don't want to love little. I want to love big. I want to be one that's been forgiven much, and therefore loves much. Amen. 
We need to recognize our need for him and our immense lack without him. It's time to get so desperate for Jesus. Elizabeth, do you want to come up? So, if you sense a movie on your heart this morning, if you need desire to experience him and experience joy and live a life that is full of his refreshing presence, don't let anything keep you back. He wants to change some hearts this morning. Amen. He wants to set some captives free. He wants to stand with me. Please stand. He wants the old man out. He wants to come in and transform. He wants to do something new in you today. And his Holy Spirit's here. He's shining that spotlight on your heart and you feel it now. Some of you need to come forward. Some of you need to get down on your knees. Some of you need to lift your hands for the first time. I remember, remember, I remember experimenting. <laughs> I was 16, 17 years old, and the Lord had been touching me for a year. And I was, I'd come to the altar, and I would try to worry in his presence, and I couldn't. I would, I would conjure up the things that during the week had, had got me down. I would try to conjure up feelings of, of, of anxiety about something exam or track me, whatever. Something in the week would give me anxiety and that pit in my stomach. And I would try to work up that feeling, and in the presence of God, it was impossible. If you don't know what that feels like or if you haven't felt it in a while, you need the presence of the Lord. You need the touch of Jesus on your heart. 30 seconds in that chair at my uncle's home fellowship forever changed. Forever changed. Amen. I hope this message has encouraged and challenged you in your walk with God today. Again, this podcast is a resource of Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York. If you'd like to learn more about us, find us at our website at zionfellowship.net or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, feel free to give us a call at 585-394-7450. Blessings to you as you continue in your day.